What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio-Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I'm joined by the Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis of 8-Bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John Peck and Brendan White. Boys, welcome on in for another week. How are we doing? Hello, hello. Doing really good. Um, I know that JP would want to be the donk, so I guess I'll have to be the unicorn, which sucks. Yeah. But you know what? I'm a team player. You're a bit yeah. of a unicorn. Yeah. Sadly, he's got about two foot on me in height, but... Uh, you know what? I get injured less than he does, so he can suck it. <laughs> We've still got to get you onto a, a basketball court, Brendan. I want to see those uh, those moves. I don't have many. I don't have many. <laughs> you and me both, brother. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll have some fun, though. Exactly. We'll uh, we'll jump straight into it. Of course, uh, it's an eventful fortnight in the world of NBA, and uh, I want to actually touch base on not so, not some players, but some coaches who are hopefully going to be in the spotlight uh, come the end of the season. The Coach of the Year Award could actually be a pretty close-run thing, to be honest. There's probably a couple of, uh, I guess, contestants or nominees uh, who could be named for this one. Who They haven't been named as of yet, I should say. But uh, really, you've got to be looking at a couple of real um, standout performers, most notably Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz, Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns and perhaps even Doc Rivers of the Sixers. No, but, not Doc. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given how he's been able to, to shape this team, you'd have to you'd have to unfortunately say Brendan is is in with a shout. I'm not saying he's going to be there, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple, especially on the Western side, that, uh, about, that are really uh, sort of standing. What about up. Stevie Nash? Does he get any credit at all? People kind of sh- like pooed on him from the get go. That what, why has he got this job? And look at that, they're, they're twenty nine and fourteen as of recording, and they've had a bunch of injuries to this team, a uh, bunch of chaos with the roster changing, guys taking sabbaticals, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think that uh, we owe Nash a bit of an apology in the NBA world. <clears throat> well, as as my my favorite NBA player of all time, I probably should be the first to. <laughs> Apologize. I love you. Never change. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could argue that uh, the Nets uh, they're good at the table, form. right? Well, yeah, they they're, they're certainly pretty close. There, I think there's only if I'm looking at the standings, there's only three teams or two teams, I should say, the Sixers and the Jazz, who are at 30 wins. Mm. Brooklyn is the next closest on 29. So yeah, they're still certainly in with a. A good shout. It's it's going to be difficult though because I think, given how they've been able to basically run run the gamut of like star players and fill their team up, you you almost wouldn't see it as much as say like the Jazz who came out of nowhere yeah. to to sort of lead the Western Conference, which is normally you know the tougher of the two. But yeah, you, you could make a case for either one. I think there's different conversations to be had. Like oh, I guess there's different perspectives to be had where. Is it harder to, you know, build up a team over a long period of time, or is it hard to kind of do the Steve Kerr thing of of join this team full of talent and make it work? You know, a lot of people came into this year saying the Nets. I, I said it. I said the Nets are going to be the the new Houston Rockets. Where 
that was before Harden was there. Just this team that, like, on paper, you think they're going to do really well, but things kind of fall apart. Or maybe it's the playoffs where that really happens, and we can't really judge that yet. But uh, it's it's a hard thing to get talent to work and to give and take, not just to 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 try and do that like Miami Heat big three thing in the first year and just get by on your superstar talent alone. I think that um, you know similar to what we saw in the last dance with Phil Jackson and how much of a role he had in coordinating and, and managing all the egos and the, and the talent, like that's a really hard thing to do. So it looks like Steve Nash has, has come in and been able to do that with some guys that you'd say aren't necessarily easy to coach in Harden Ooh. and uh, Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of drama in them KD. three, that's for damn sure. So I, I think, yeah, maybe it's not um, coach of the year, typical kind of coach of the year material compared to especially uh, the, what the Suns have done with the big turnaround and Utah have done with kind of finally reaching that potential that we, we saw when they added Conley a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, I think uh, it's 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 a good sign of, of what Nash could uh, could do after you know more than one season with this group of guys. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's another thing as well as obviously with that sort of judging for a coach of the year, and you sort of touched on it there, would a team or would the, the judges be looking at teams who have made that rise from a, a lower position or is it pretty much just as good as you can be like a, a Brooklyn Nets where they have been pretty solid, but they've taken mm-hmm. that next step? What do you think, if say if you were a, a judge for, for this award, what would you judge as a, a better barometer of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of quality in this? I think it's definitely roster composition for sure. Like you naturally, I think anyone that even half knows the NBA, if they saw a team that had Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving on it, they'd assume that they're going to be near the top of the pops. So I think that probably discounts what they're doing ever so slightly, but at the same time, they haven't had the big three together. I think they've played what, eight games in total together? I think (laughs) something like that. So there's still testament there to Kerr and the boys uh, for doing what they're doing. But I think I think the two teams at the top of the West deserve more pops because especially the Suns, like they're, they've ascended very, very quickly this season after a, a great showing in the bubble. And then the Jazz, you know, they're, they're always in the hunt in the finals, but the fact that they are the outright leader um, as far as as far as sort of uh, percentage at the moment in the entire league, I think that's testament to to those boys all, all working together from coaching staff through to the starting five through to the bench. Like they're, they're uh, you know, it's the prize pack of the year, I think, both those teams in the West. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to wait and see with the, uh, the season going on. I want to give a shout out to coach Tom Thibodeau who came into New York. <laughs> uh, I think everyone said, what are you doing? Like this guy hasn't, he's kind of worn out his welcome in the NBA. He went like three or four years with no, no job. And uh, he was kind of bouncing around, turning up to like Clippers practice to kind of watch what Doc was doing there. Cause he, he was friends with Doc from the Boston days and kind of couldn't really get himself another gig. And then the Knicks kind of, you think, oh, desperate move. The Knicks have hired coach Thibodeau. And uh, look what's happened. Like they're in the playoff hunt. They're they're basically a 500 team with a roster that you wouldn't have come into the season and said like, yeah, that that team could be amongst the top eight or nine sides in the East. 
no one saw Randall being this good this year. No one's seeing, yeah. sorry, no one saw like a, a bunch of these guys playing as good that, as they have. So I think, yeah, <laughs> even though it's it's kind of typical thing for him to come in and be good at the start and then kind of slowly wear out his welcome. But um, yeah. it's it's following the, the typical Thibs like kind of uh, story there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they took Philly pr- pretty much to the brink this afternoon in their their game that went to uh, overtime. So, yeah, they've they've got they've got some chances to really shake things up. They're currently sitting seventh in the East with a uh, twenty one and twenty two record. So, as you said, pretty much five hundred as as you speak. But uh, I'd say that the difficulty there is they've got some teams around them circling them, Pacers and Bulls especially, uh, and the Hornies, and the, those Hornets. But uh, of course, we'll we'll discuss. Their, their biggest player and their biggest issue to come uh, later on. But, uh, Jono, you've written here, it's hard to watch basketball. Mm. Do you want to elaborate on that? I do, yeah. So every couple of weeks we get to this this document, this agenda, and we write down our biggest takeaway from the last fortnight. And a lot of the time I'm like sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, what have I actually taken? It's it's really hard to do this when you're not actually watching any basketball. And I've found it really hard to watch basketball this season. I'm just being honest. Don't here. tell people that takes away the legitimacy of hey, this podcast. I have, to, I have to be honest with our listeners. Uh, you know, I, I know a bit about basketball. I still listen to basketball podcasts like every single day. And I'm on Twitter and I'm part of the, you know, the conversations and I'm watching the highlights. But to sit down and watch a full game of basketball or even a, a quarter, it's actually really hard. And I just wanted to put that out there because I don't know if it's like having a kid who I'm trying not to give screen time or if it's like the type of fantasy league that we're in this year, but it just feels a bit different. Maybe it's something to do with the pandemic in a roundabout way. It's just been, I've just found it really hard to watch basketball and I haven't been as motivated to do it in the chunks of free time that I've had. So that's that's what I've found. And I don't know if it's to do with like the bubble, not the bubble, but the, the I guess the, the, the weird vibe. Of, yeah, like the that. weird vibe of the season or, or whatever you're it just, might be. You're just burnt out, man. You've had so much know. basketball yeah. and in such a short time, it, it happens. Maybe that's maybe it's not getting an off season, really. Like, honestly, it might just be that I didn't get that chance to breathe again. But um, yeah, I mean, just wanted to put that out there. Like, I have nothing to take away from the past fortnight because I haven't watched any basketball. That's a shame. That's we'll, just the uh, way it is. It is, and uh, I'm sure we'll be able to uh, help you get the, get you the help you need. That's all right. I mean, I still have opinions, so I won't let it stop me from having opinions. And that's why we have you on this podcast, John. Exactly. I appreciate you. For that. Expertly said from Mr. Brendan White, and uh, you've brought some. Uh, Interesting takes. Yeah, I've um, you know, I've been willing this into existence for the better part of a month, maybe a month and a half now. Been tank nation for the raps. Don't don't play it back. Don't don't sort of push for the finals and get get kicked in the first or second round. Uh, mail it in, boys, and they're on an eight game losing streak. They just lost to the Cavs today, and uh, they're playing the Houston Rockets, I think, next. So it's going to be a true sign of the Tank Nation uh, coming up in the next few days. If if we lose to the Rockets, who are currently on a 20-game losing streak... Good God. If we we lose that, I think... 
I think we're selling. Like, I feel we're we're moving some pieces. Regards. I think I think you know we're going to talk trade stuff later. But I think if we get pumped by the Rockets, especially now that Christian Woods back, like they only just lost, I think, to the Kings today by a couple of points. But I think and if the Pistons, the Pistons, sorry, yeah, the yeah. Pistons, not the Kings. They're equally as bad. Equally bad. <laughs> but yeah, they lost. They lost to the Pistons. But I think the Raptors are selling, and we're gonna. Yeah, just tank this season, bounce back next year, hopefully. But yeah, it seems the old uh, Tampa Bay Raptors, it's it's starting to severely impact my boys. And mm. yeah, they are in free fall at the moment. Like they were, I think, third or fourth for a hot minute there after starting like two and 11 and then crawled their way back to parity. And now they're on, on a free fall and they're sitting in 11th at the moment. Uh, but they're also like two wins out of... 13th or 14th place in the east so two lot two further losses and subsequent wins for the teams underneath them to drop to near the bottom of the pile so i'm very excited for that but oh boy the rockets are atrocious as well like uh 20 losses in a row is is not an easy thing to do did we uh do we get any updates on whether any of your raptors plays did end up getting covid like you wished somehow <laughs> during the last episode i think i think they avoided it they were just in uh you know in quarantine and everything else so uh they're all back now like siakam and freddie van vliet and og and everyone's back and we had the full contingent back today and we still got uh we still got spanked by the Cavs. uh the sex yeah. man went off on us today him and, him and Alan just were, you know, smacking us around. It was awesome to see, but uh, yeah, it's what it is. It's it's a good, I think it's a good season to do this, Brendan. You've got the right idea. Like one and done, do your Spurs, David Robinson kind of situation. Get it over it. Like you've got this talent that's not going to be happy about wasting a season necessarily, but at least they're not wasting like, it's not a full rebuild, I guess is what I'm saying. Like Siakam's yeah. not going to really waste his prime. OG's coming up and Van Fleet, like they're, it's an easy sell to be like, look guys, this season's a bit of a weird year. We're not in Canada. Things are weird. It's a short season. Who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs, but uh, it's not going to be us. So let's just like pack it in. Things uh-huh. aren't working and we'll be back next year with a young player that's going to hopefully turn things around for us it's meant to be a really good draft from what i hear yeah like Cade cunningham evan mobley jalen suggs they're the, they're sort of the three but it's it's probably the first eight players i'd say as far as the current mocks and the hype going around are all potential immediate impact difference makers to a degree from from mm-hmm. a rookie position uh, perspective so uh yeah, we're, we're currently sitting, I think we're picking about ninth at the moment um, as per the current standing. So we're a chance to uh, work our way up and uh, luck into that number one overall pick. Yeah. Please and thank you. I'd say anywhere, anywhere within the, the top 10 would be pretty good for you guys. It really oh, just yeah. depends on what position you're going to, uh, to pick. And I guess the trade discussion we'll be having a little bit later on will probably decide or determine that um, a little bit further, like going forward. But yeah, they're certainly like... You just don't think that they're at that level yet to really be pushing for, I guess, like a lottery pick, but it's tough because you're, yes. you're in that you're in that sort of middle zone. Yeah, out, outside of the Pistons and the Wolves and the Rockets, everyone else outside of that is anywhere from like fourteen to to twenty wins, and there's like twelve or thirteen teams there that are just sort of congesting up not only the yeah. fringe of the finals, but the, the the front of the uh the front of the lottery options so uh yeah there's a chance i'm feeling yeah. i'm feeling good i've willed it into existence and more <laughs> losses please it'll be interesting to see whether these teams like 
I mean, I guess the Raptors are different from the rest of those guys in that they've tasted the playoffs. So they probably aren't trying to cater to their fans that are hungry for any kind of spotlight like you would be if you're a Knicks fan, Bulls fan, Cavs or Wizards fan. Like these teams that are, you know, they think they can probably smell that tournament to get into the to the playoffs. They're going to be pushing it like Hornets fans. But then at the same time, even if you have mm. the same amount of wins, you could just as easily be thinking like, no, like why would we push to get into this tournament to lose in the first round to the Sixers? Like let's just let's just pack it in. Because that's normally what would happen at this stage, whether you're the Bulls or the Cavs. But I just like you'd make that decision. Yeah, around about now, like you know, the Bulls are nineteen and twenty-two. The Pacers are nineteen and twenty-two. But they're still only like a game out of the eight. So it's like, do they push up and for that you know that that playoff money for, to keep the fans happy to to give them you know their team their their roster a bit of playoff experience? It's really valuable, but. You know, if it's only, it's kind of a coin flip to go up or to go down at this point because of the way that the standings are. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, especially on the the Rocket side, having their sort of heart and soul ripped out of the team. Um, of course, talking about PJ Tucker, not James Harden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've lost that defensive <laughs> defensive hustle. Um, it's going to be weird, especially for especially for a Houston team like that who've, like you said, John, who have tasted that success, but. They really like. I think when Harden left, they immediately said they they've hit the the rebuild button on it. Full Christian, rebuild. yeah, Christian Wood is clearly like the the go to player on that team. Oladipo clearly doesn't want to be there past the end of the season, maybe even less than that. So they're they're now I think going to be mm. one of the the top one of the front runners for for that uh, that lottery pick. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was flagged as early as. Daryl Morey moving on I think like it was just had the whole vibe about it being a new era yeah exactly we shall see Mm -hmm. and uh, anything else for anyone no Tank Nation baby Tank Nation let's move on basketball bits basketball bits back for another fortnight the weird and wonderful stories going on in basketball right now and uh, a couple of weeks ago on a couple of episodes ago I should say we uh paid tribute to Mr. Joe Ingles, who of course became uh, the Utah Jazz's all-time three-point leading leader, I guess, um, having overtaken the legendary John Stockton. Uh, And it looks like he may be about to break another record in the NBA. This time, uh, he's on pace to have the highest single-season true shooting percentage in NBA history. So this is a little bit different from I guess, just straight up field goal percentage or three-point percentage or free throw percentage. This takes it all into account as well as, I guess, the amount of shots that they take. Um, so cu- currently, he's averaging 73.2% um, as well as a 54% field goal percentage, 49% from three, which is fantastic, um, and 88.9% from free throw, which are all career highs. Um, and for some comparison that I've just got here as well, uh, that's better than the most efficient seasons of Michael Jordan at 61%, LeBron James at 64%, Kevin Durant at 65%, James Harden at 66%, and even Steph Curry at 67.5%. So mm. a, a season for the ages from a man that none of us would have expected. Clearly. Yeah, just, he just goes about his business and uh, 
He's not only shooting lights out, but like he's he's a pretty solid defender. He he plays within himself and plays within that jazz system, and it's it's awesome to see. Like trying to avoid the cliched, yeah, it's awesome because he's Aussie, but like it's what he's doing is fantastic. And like even even joining the old uh, 50, 40, 90 club, he's he's right on on the precipice of that with these free throw shooting as well. So if he can, you know, drain a few more free throws without missing, um, he could he could join some elite company yeah. with that stat too. On the cusp yeah, exactly. of, of uh, starting the 50-50-90 club. Which is 50- bananas. Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. There's, there's, it's as well uh, just pointing out that he is also, for his true shooting percentage, he's leading the entire NBA as well. The current uh, season, his 49% three-point uh, shooting, I should say, is the second best in the NBA. He's only trailing Tony Snell of the Hawks. Um, but that's because well, his is 56.8, but he's also had 130 fewer three-point attempts and 58 uh, fewer three-point makes than Ingles. So clearly, Ingles shooting at a high clip, it seems. Mm. So they, they've definitely uh, got the best out of him in uh, in Quinn Snyder's offense, it seems. Um, it, it, it makes them a more volatile team as well. I think, obviously, everyone, when you think of the Jazz, you think of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to an extent, Mike Conley as well. But you've got to sort of, you've now got to look look in, you know, you've got to have eyes in the back of your head for Mr. Ingles, it seems. So uh, here's hoping he can continue this uh, fine run. But uh, we do move on to, well, a bit of a sad point for the basketball bits. Of course, the, the injuries to Mr. LeBron James and LaMelo Ball, uh, varying severity to them. Yeah. Uh, it seems that LeBron's had a bit of a was a, a high ankle sprain, yep, um, and he's out indefinitely. Um, and Lamelo's fractured his wrist, is what I heard. He's yep. done for the season. Is the uh, is the rumor mill for that one? So uh, also, no more yeah. Melo. Also out indefinitely, but you'd you'd wonder if it's possible to come back from that in such a short time frame. I guess if they make the playoffs it's possible, but yeah, who knows. The mm. I guess the the significant thing about this kind of note here is that both of these injuries will potentially mess up some of the favorite odds for MVP and rookie of the year. LeBron has been maybe not the favorite, but he's definitely been talked a about a lot runner. as yeah. uh yeah, front runner for MVP. He's, he's in, at the buffet. The, I'm not the, saying yeah. at the table, I'm saying they're at the buffet. In, Too many people uh, say he's at the table, so uh, we're at the buffet. Yeah, at the buffet. In a, in a season that you know, Embiid's kind of hurt himself and a few of the other candidates like Kevin Durant dropped out with injuries and it's kind of just down to Joker now. It's like yeah. him and maybe Lillard steps up and yeah. if they make the playoffs or win enough games, he might be a contender there. But um, was LeBron was... Yeah, it was it was it was leaving LeBron looking like a really good option for that. So who knows how much he might only miss two weeks or something. So he might still have a chance. But Lamelo, this is a tough one for me because uh, I just put some money on him to win Rookie of the Year. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was just like in my sports bet app. I had like nine dollars in there because I won some during the All Star game. Uh, and I was like, uh, what could I put some money on? LaMelo Ball was paying like $1.20 for Rookie of the Year. Oh, I was like, it's barely worth betting. I was, like, oh, I, I was like, this is easy money. He's going to win. Uh, I can make two bucks out of putting $9 <laughs> on LaMelo. So I put my $9 on him and uh, oh, no. he gets hurt. Is it possible for him to still win? That's my question. 
Um, his chances would drastically go down, that's for sure. Yeah, but who are you going to... like? Is Anthony Edwards a rookie of the year? I, I think no. it's got to be Halliburton now, shouldn't it? Halliburton's it's, in with a, a chance. Halliburton, like, he's, he's coming back from a bit of an injury too. Like, he's still not back mm. to his, his sort of mid-season form. But if he can get back to where he was, I think, yeah, Tyreek um, Halliburton there at the, at the Kingies is, is a chance. Um, I just love his game. I love watching him play. Like, he's got such a mature game for a dude his age. And, and it's a shame because Lamelo has really, really turned it on. The second he took over that mm-hmm. starting spot, like, there was no way that he was losing that spot. And then, obviously... The injuries happen and it's going to change the dynamic there. But yeah, I don't know who else. There hasn't really been any other any other sort of rookies ascending. Like no, um, like a- looking at our our early thoughts, you guys both went with James Wiseman and I had uh, I went with Patrick Williams or Obi Toppin. So uh, we're all uh, we're all <laughs> yeah, laying duck yeah, eggs really. there. So I, I wonder, like, if uh, I don't know if if um, Edwards is the the next in line and he maybe he misses a week or so here and there, like. Maybe Lamelo still has a chance to win. It's one mm. of those situations, like when, uh, when old um, who who was the dude on on, on the Bucks that got traded to the Pacers, one rookie of the oh, year, Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon won rookie of the year, and it was kind of like by default because Embiid missed like thirty games or something. Mm. And, he, and he did drop a forty burger the other day, so uh, yeah, you know he's, he's heating up at the right time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could could have done it against anyone else, thanks Anthony. But, yeah, that was because uh, that was two forty pointer performances in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Big big cat and uh, big Edwards just dropping forty on them, my sons. They look a bit vulnerable there against them mini Timberwolves, eh? Yeah, but then uh, not really. Well, thankfully LeBron had his injury, and we played against a, a yeah. bunch of also rants this afternoon. We took back second spot. So <laughs> look, I, I don't wish injuries on anyone. But uh, you got to make the most of them. Just exactly. wish COVID. Wish COVID. That's what I do. Well, <laughs> that's a bit too much. But if if LeBron wants to, you know, rest his bones, his his aging bones, and and catch up with uh, with Anthony Davis on the sidelines, that would be great. Because the more chance we have of you know solidifying that uh, that second spot would be would be awesome. Thank you very much. Mm. And uh, a little bit of one, uh, one that uh, Jono had, I guess, brought to our attention pretty much just just before we started recording. Um, your favourite player of all time, Mister mm-hmm. Joakim Noah. <laughs> he's uh, yeah. he's looking like he's enjoying his retirement. It seems he is living his best life. He just <laughs> Instagrammed this photo of himself with what could only be described as a fifteen foot surfboard. I think it's massive. Yeah, it's like it's a long, like, long board. It's, it's, it's like the, the biggest, biggest board I've ever seen. It's the biggest surfboard I've ever seen. It's like the the Jamaican colours. So you, I don't know. You can read into that. He's probably enjoying a bit of the natural herb in his retirement too. <laughs> um, looking ripped, like looking oh, like yeah. you'd want him on an NBA roster. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, but just the caption there, shouting out Luke Longley for some reason. I was <laughs> like, I don't know if this is a reference to like him being tall. And like it's long, I guess well, it's a long, long board, longly, well, or yeah, is but- it like Luke Longley's known to be a surfer, uh, or smokes weed? I don't know. <laughs> it's just very cryptic, and you know they both wore number thirteen for the Bulls. Maybe they know each other quite well. I don't know what the backstory is with that, but I'm hoping that um, I don't know. I'm hoping that one of the podcasts that I listen to will will dig into this and uh, you know uncover the the story behind this because it's uh, it's intriguing me. It's, I'm yeah. very intrigued. 
Joachim Noah always seems like the kind of guy who hustled too much to sort of let himself go after retirement anyway. Mm. So I feel like it's going to be a while yeah. or if at all until we see him looking a little bit more average. But yeah, like he's still looking like a million bucks there. Like, oh my goodness. He looks better than when he played, really. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he he always looked a bit scruffy when he played. To say, be fair. Looks, a, looks a little less dishevelled now than retirement. He's he's still looking good though. I'm uh, still envious. <laughs> yeah, if, if if any of us had a bod like that, I think we'd be uh, definitely showing it off. That's for sure. He's got those good genes between the uh, world champion tennis player and the supermodel as a mother. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. His his family is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, and uh, I guess to uh, to wrap it up, we'll uh, we'll talk about your top shot cards. I think, uh, as it seems to be the the new growing trend within yeah. the uh, within the episodes. But uh, what do you want to say, Brendan? What do you want to say? I think uh, the less a... I say, the better about this at the moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, you hit, we're, you we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a downturn as oh, far no. as uh, <laughs> top shot hysteria and value goes. So. Uh, I've somehow, even though I've lost a substantial amount of value slash money on my holdings at the moment, I have ascended from last time I think we recorded, I was top 15%. I am now a top 5% uh, top shot uh, owner apparently uh, as per Evaluate Market. But uh, I was lucky and JP was lucky enough to get another pack on the weekend, it was sort of one of the bigger boy packs. It was two twenty nine, two twenty nine uh, USD. I, I didn't get one. Oh, you didn't get? I thought you got one. <laughs> I didn't get one. Oh, I thought you made it in. <laughs> no, man, I was forty thousand out of uh, thirty six, or uh, yeah, thirty six thousand uh, people in the queue. So I missed out. I missed out. But uh, I was glad that you did because it means you can stop complaining about uh, how you, how you always miss out and it's rigged and it's. This is I hate the system. This is one of the I things. Can't get anything. This is one of the things that bothers me about uh, Top Shot is the amount of people whinging about it all the time. It's like, oh man, I was in that queue like the second that it opened, and I can't believe it's rigged against Australians. And it's like, man, you have just as much chance as every other person within those two hundred thousand people trying to get in. But everyone seems to think that uh, if they don't get in, it's it's rigged. I've never said it's rigged or it's rigged against Australians. I've just said it's bullshit. Yeah. I've got angry. Well. I, I haven't said that it's that it's rigged against Australians. And it's, it's the no. bots that get me, for one, because I know they wouldn't take the entire percentage of packs available, but you know they'd be taking a, a good portion. So they're, they're missing out yeah, on... Of course. On, like you at 40K, where it was 36K packs, mm-hmm. I'd say easy 5,000 or 6,000 of those would have been, you know, snipers and bots that, that picked that up. But anyway, we've got another pack opportunity tomorrow morning, JP. Uh, yep. Your 6 o'clock, my 5 o'clock. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, man. It makes the, um, you know, me and Hannah tend to take it in turns with the getting up early for Micah. So there's a case, oh, you know... I thought you were dragging your wife into this. I was going to be like, oh my God. Get up and get me some cards, woman. (laughs) Get on the second computer. Yeah, when it hits five o'clock, you hit clear. Yeah, get on your account and I'll get on my account and we'll get a pack. No, what I was going to say was it softens the blow for me to be like, I'll get up early tomorrow. I'll do the early shift because I'm going to get up for this drop at six o'clock anyway. You're swaddling the baby and holding click. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, so That's, I got my alarm yeah. set for for four fifty to uh, see if I can see if I can wrangle a spot in the queue. 
Yeah. If not, I will just go back to bed and sleep for another two hours and then get up for work. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping I can ride this momentum from the weekend. Um, I think tomorrow's pack's only a 30 bucker, isn't it? I think it's uh, one 13 of the 29. Or 14 oh, bucks, yeah. Bloody chump change. So uh, Yeah, but it's five cards. It's it's the cool cats and the and four more, I think. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's where it all started for me was a cool cats pack. So yeah, uh, let's yeah. see if we can go full circle and ascend and try and uh earn some of my money back get out of this hole baby <laughs> that uh that's the words of a gambler there I'm, yeah i would definitely. be a little bit worried <laughs> let's get out of this hole we've got don't, it don't worry don't bet what <laughs> you can't afford to lose that's that's my mantra with gambling like yes. any, anything you throw on the table you say goodbye to it the second it's out of your wallet so yes. uh there are yeah. services mm-hmm. there ladies and gentlemen if you are dealing with gambling related stresses and we should point that out very yeah. vehemently that's yeah, for sure if, if you want to sell your dapper balance i'll do you a good deal over paypal <laughs> yeah this is the other thing is, is don't uh, enable it i don't know if you've heard about this till we when, when you b- sell a card or a moment you get the balance to your account similar to i guess like paypal so it kind of sits there until you cash it out yeah and people are having trouble getting cashed out like they have to wait too long and they're selling their balance at like a discount. So if I've got like a thousand bucks in my account, they're like, I'll sell it for 700 bucks to whoever wants it. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's very predatory almost. <laughs> I've, I've started uh, I've started like great white sharking around some of them forums, just seeing when some of them <laughs> pop up. I'm like, oh, if there's any desperation there, I'm, uh, I'm coming for your kneecaps, son. You're like the uh, the Dave Chappelle memes with the crack guy. Like, y'all got any more Top Shot? No, nah, they're, they're the ones scratching, saying anyone come buy this, and I'm I'm the I'm the drug dealer. I'm like, yeah, here's some here's some dapper crack. Let's go. You want some dapper? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got to get out of this hole. Yes, and uh, we wish you well in your gambling, not gambling endeavors. But uh, we will move on, as uh, we've been saying. The trade deadline is uh, about to hit its peak as we move on to Jono's favourite segment. It's got me already. What are we talking about this time? It's uh, it's a bit different than the previous trade me, which was uh, suggesting some potential trades. We're going to be looking at the <clears throat> trade deadline candidates or the most rumored trades, Tilby. Yeah, that seems like the the most likely course of yeah. action. I think. Yeah, Looking I should point the- out that none of our suggested trades have taken place <laughs> from that episode. Just, uh, you know, it's their <laughs> loss. With, they Not were genius. Yet. Not yet. Yeah, I, I personally don't see Spencer Dinwiddie going to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Matthew Dellavedova, but mm, mm. you know, could dream. Maybe. One could man happen. could dream. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll be looking at uh, I guess the most frequently rumored trades and, and sort of assessing whether they are likely to get over the line or, or some alternatives for that. But uh, yeah, there's been some rumblings, especially over the last week or so, um, and I guess some other trades have been stewing in the pot for a while um mm. hopefully they may get over the line but uh, i thought we'd start with uh lonzo ball uh the father who we will not name um has been talking a whole bunch of shit coming out of his hole um over the last fortnight it seems not only has he been saying that uh michael jordan has no 
no guidance to deliver to Lamelo Ball, saying what could he offer my son? Nothing. Which is like, come, come <laughs> on. Still, probably more than what he's ever offered him. My God, what a like, dick. Yeah, I, words fail me. Uh, but he has been also saying that Lonzo is unhappy in New Orleans and that he wants to get out, even though he is having the best <laughs> statistical season of his career. Um, and it looks as if the the most frequently rumored team that he might be going to is the Clippers, uh, which hmm. is an interesting one. It seems. Um, what do we think about this? Like, I think that's what I think. <laughs> I think the Clippers have no assets to make any type of trade. Like, they've got no picks for seven thousand years. They've got no young studs that are the equivalent of Lonzo that that the Pellies would want. It's yeah. just dog trade crap, really. Cash it's, considerations. It's, yeah, like <laughs> like Lonzo isn't isn't a busted player. Like he's a, like what is he? He's twenty three. I think yes, or twenty four, like he's still old, a pup, and as you said, like he's he's starting to ascend and become, um, you know, like come into his own, and he, and he's putting up better stats than he ever has. And yeah, the Clippers have got nothing that if I was if I was the head of the Pelicans, I wouldn't want anything from the Clippers. Like hmm. it's they've got nothing to trade. Like they've, there's same rumors churning. It's like oh, Lowry, the Clippers are interested in Lowry, and like they've got no one that the Raptors would want. Like go away, get back <laughs> yeah. in your LA castle. I've- have a 2030 <clears throat> draft pick. Yeah, exactly. Like, get out of here, Clippers. No way. I don't think they're going to trade Lonzo. I think the only person you could even feasibly try and give the uh, the Pelicans might have been like Reggie Jackson, but that's about it. That there's not a not a lot there they they could offer them. But I think uh, he's on the block. I just uh, just yeah. I think the Clippers is not the destination. It'll he'll probably end up going to I don't know the Knicks or something. <laughs> There were a couple of teams that were were sort of uh, scouting Lonzo. I think the Heat were one of them as well, but I can't remember. But, uh, of course, the Heat are looking at a point guard at this point in time. Um, Mm. And given that the the Raptors are already playing in Florida, they've uh, been looking at one Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's been... The, the rumor mill has been swirling for him pretty much all season, whether he'll uh, stay with the Raptors. He seems to think that... uh, He'll be a Raptor for life, or at least he'll retire as a Raptor. But Brendan, yeah. as our, our Raptors uh, expert, what do you think of this? Like, it seems like there's a good chance he might leave. But if it were to the Heat, what would you think of this? Because it looks like I'd Ra- be I'd be down for it to be honest. Like, um, the Heat, like it's the Heat and the Sixers is all I keep hearing about the Raptors. Yeah, as yeah. far as um destinations for Lowry because. He's he's done enough for that franchise that he writes his he, he writes his own ticket. Like um, they're not going to trade him to a low end team for for the sake of it. They're going to respect him. You know, he's going to get a statue out the front of of the stadium down the line when he's retired and everything else like that. Like he's he's the goat raptor for us, and we're going to take him, send him to a place I think where he can go to a contender and try and win another championship. So whether that be home to Philly, uh, which which is incentivizing because they've got a couple of firsts we could get as well as um you know maxi or thibault they've got some young guys that have some uh appeal to our roster and then if you look at the heat like they've got obviously tyler hero they got duncan robinson and they got precious so we'd get we'd want one of those types of players from either of those teams and then the, the salary cap filler to make it happen so kelly olenic and maybe like um Iggy or something like that and then we could release him and he can go back stuff like that so there's going to be 
mm. monetary throw-ins like Philly would be Danny Green and such to to make the salaries work. But we want a young piece and a first-round pick is is what I'd be happy. With. Like obviously, I have no affiliation to <laughs> to Raptors ownership, but knowing how to be that's the like when PJ Tucker can get you in a roundabout kind of way a first and then a swap and stuff like that. Drew Holiday can get you, was it four first round picks? Like I'd take Larry over Drew Holiday. So I think he's got some value where it's like you want a young player and a pick or two at a minimum. Well, the the rumors were that the Raptors were looking at both or wanting both Harrow and Robinson, which I think is a little bit difficult given the, the value of what you're getting back. But I kind of agree. At least one of them, uh, makes good sense and I think I would probably lean towards Harrow given the fact that while he is a shooting guard at heart he has that potential to play in the point guard position he seems better suited um, sort of size and, and skill set Duncan Robertson's obviously great and he's a, a wonderful shooter but I feel like it would fill the need at least for the, the short term of what they want and then they can sort of at least build around a potential draft pick option but that's just me like that's my NBA 2K GM mind going through it, but um, yeah. Is, I, um, I'm curious, Brendan. Like with Fred VanVleet getting the big bucks now, is he best suited to play at the one or the two? As far he's, as he's good at the one, I think. Like, yeah. um, like he's still primarily probably a, a score first type of point, but he can distribute and mm. and and uh, get the ball where it needs to be. And then we've got a like we grabbed uh, Malachi Flynn at the back end of the first last year, who's who's more in that Lowry build where he is um, more defensive oriented and more of a tra- tra- traditional sort of floor general. So we're bringing him along slowly. But Freddie Van Vliet, when he has started at the one for us, has looked really good. Um, and he's still young. And like, we've got, a yeah. good, we've got a good young team to grow. And if we could add someone like Tyler Hero, if we could get Precious in there as well, like happy days, like slot him in at the five as our young five because we've struggled with old Bainsey at the five and mm. Boucher's <laughs> a four and Plus obviously your, we let go of Alex Land. Draft pick. Yeah, so... Your number one draft pick for the next season. Bouch or Bainsey. No, I'm saying you're also going to get the number oh, one yeah. draft pick. God, if, if we if we got Cade Cunningham, oh my goodness gracious, I would, I would attempt <laughs> a backflip. I wouldn't land it, but I'd attempt one like... <laughs> He is a superstar in in the in waiting. Cade Cunningham. He's he's a big point. Like I think he's six seven. Um, you know, can shoot, can distribute, can defend. He is an absolute stud. So if we got him, my goodness gracious, it's uh it's Raptors time all day. But yeah, I think I think Larry goes. I think on the back of this losing okay. skid and Miami making a push and Philly making a push, I think he's going to one of those two places in the next week or so. Interesting call. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But uh, another player that the Heat had been sort of shopping around for, um, who's been on the the trade talk pretty much all season, uh, was Victor Oladipo, who's of course, I guess, just biding his time at the Houston Rockets, the uh, the absolute train wreck um, going on in Texas. He said he wants to leave. He'd been courted by Miami quite a bit, but uh, it looks like he might also be. Involved in a trade involving Aaron Gordon, who's also been, I guess, heavily rumored. Um, this is an interesting one because you sort of touched on it before we talked, Brendan, that Oladipo definitely doesn't want to go back to Orlando. It'd have to involve a third team. Who do you think that third team could be and, and what do you think they could offer? 
It's hard to say, to be honest, man. Like, um, I was thinking about it earlier, where where he'd go and where he'd be, where he'd be happy, because he clearly still envisions himself as the, you know, the the one, the number one at a team. Like, he still sees himself as the uninjured Oladipo from a few years ago when he was on a tear. Um, and you know, power to him. You know, you want to want to dress and and envision your future and everything else. You know, yeah, but be confident. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think he is a number one option. Like I think he is a he's a great one B or a great number two. But I don't know what other teams would want to take a punt on him and throw away because it's going to cost a bit. I think to get him because he's still a good young player. But these injuries are just he doesn't look anywhere near himself again this year. Like uh, he's shooting his shooting clips are down across the board percentage wise and I don't know I don't know where where you throw him like if Gordon goes to to Houston uh obviously um the magic would want some kind of compensation what other young player gets shuffled out and sent to Orlando like I I don't know where it goes like is it a Cleveland and they send their surplus of bigs or or one of their you know guards I don't know but surely, like Gordon going to Houston would create that sort of logjam at the power forward position, given that Christian Wood is still there. Or you'd say he'd probably even move; he'd move to the center, and then Gordon would work in a power forward. Yeah, which, which I, guess which could I could work. see working well. Like I, I rate both those guys very, 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 very highly. So I think they'd they'd work well. And because Gordon's becoming more of this like this point forward at the moment with Orlando as well, like his his ball handling and distribution would work really well there. And then have John Wall sort of take a little bit of a back seat here and there. So I could see those three winning like more games than they're currently losing. <laughs> you know? But I don't know where you chuck Depot. I don't know. I don't know where he's where he's wanted at the moment in his current state. What about yeah. you, JP? Where do you think he's going? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. There's thirty teams in the NBA and he's played for like five of them, it feels like. So I don't know if he would want to go back to any of them. Feels like a team like OKC would actually need someone like him back again. At the, wow, at the moment, but I don't know if he'd want to go there. Uh, and it's not like it's tough because I feel like he's the kind of guy who I don't know. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he wants to get paid. He wants to be treated like he's that franchise guy, like you said. But he's also getting old enough that I don't think he wants to go somewhere bad. I think he's at the point where he's like. I'm a good player. I want to play on a good team. Maybe like a team like Memphis that's young and up and coming could could do with a guy of of his skills. But then is it the best fit with their young pieces? I don't know. It's it's just so hard to find a spot for him because as you said, the, the, the biggest unknown is what he is right now because is it a hardened situation where he's not trying because he's on a terrible team or is it he's got these injuries and he uh, he needs to prove who he is before he gets traded or before he lands somewhere else. He, he, he needs to show up and say, hey, trade for me. You know, trade me. Uh, <laughs> trade I, me. I, I've, got, I've still got the goods, you know, but we'll mm. see. Is it like, do we combine the other trade rumor talk and, and send, um, send him to New Orleans and the Pellies uh, send off ball mm. to the Magic? Sure, why not? <laughs> That'll kill two birds with he one could, stone. Like that's he for could sure. fit in there. He could fit in yeah. there with Ingram and Zion. Like, um, you know, could work. Yeah. And he sort of I, becomes that secondary, or he'd be the third player, I'd say, in that hierarchy. You know. Yeah, true. The, that's the only he'd issue. Be the third fiddle there, but you know, I think they're on the up, the old Pellies. So let's send him there, Depot. Find a New Orleans. It's a beautiful part of the world. One of my favorite well, places in the universe. 
we'll keep a, keep an eye on on that and see if it happens. But uh, the last one that I personally wanted to talk about was, of course, Andre Drummond, who, once again, another player who's been pretty much talked about all season long. There was talk that he was going to Miami. There was talk that he was slotting in uh, for the Celtics. Uh, there's been talk that you know he might go. Whoever knows, really. But um, where do we see him going? Do we see him going first of all? And if he does, where does he end up? They've got to trade him for something, right? Like they haven't played him in what a month. I think he's mm, been sitting yeah. ever since this whole trade situation popped up, and a lot of teams were horny for him because he was putting up good stats. <laughs> And like you've heard, like the Mavs were interested. I know the Lakers, the Nets, uh, the Raptors kick kick rocks on it a little bit too. And apparently, from sort of doing some digging around, apparently they're only looking for like a second round pick for him. So that was the big thing. Yeah, like the, that's an absolute steal if they can get yeah, that. Yeah, like that's what they traded for him for last year for like that and a stale packet of chips. And then he was balling out. So you think they'd at least be able to get like if PJ Tucker can get you a first, albeit a late first. You'd think Drummond could get you something because he's still a young player at a position that isn't still saturated with absolute beasts. So, you know, he can get your stats. The problem is he's on such a whopper of a deal. Like he's making $22 million this season. So it's, it's not like they can just flip him for a draft pick. They have to balance that. And it's going to be tough to find someone with either the number of pieces that will make up the 22 million or the one expiring or the one like albatross contract that they want to get rid of that will equal that so that's why he's kind of still there i think it's because they just can't find it work so you know he's clearly not wanted there which sucks for him you know as a player with something to offer could he be bought out is 22 million dollars too much for them to just buy out I really then, think it is. Like, that's a lot of cash yeah, to lot. say, yep, yeah, on your way. Like, I know there's talks of, like, LaMarcus Aldridge getting bought out just as a respect thing because he's earned that from the Spurs to say, okay, mm-hmm. if we can't trade you where you want to go, we'll, we'll make it easier for you to go where you want to go. But, like, Drummond doesn't have that kind of kind of clout. So, no. $22 million to... Because to, like, I'm pretty sure he's off the books at the end of this year anyway. So yeah, like, he's an expiring. Yeah, so you just let it run. So what happens? Do they put him back into the lineup? Like, if if they've been keeping him out to keep him healthy enough to trade, do they just say, "Oh, sorry about that. Bit awkward. Do you mind like playing eighteen minutes a game?" I, th- I think the relationship would be like beyond repair. I think just to, if that was the case, like if you're telling a player, "Like, sorry, you're not playing because we don't want you here," and then yeah. you backflip and go, "Oh, sorry, we." we kind of might need you please to to work for us again like if it, if it was me i'd be like you could shove it up your ass i'm gonna sit on the sidelines as much as i can so but i think yeah johnny you hit it on on the head there it's it's not so much whether it's the draft pick it's going to be how it's going to fit wage wise hmm. um in a perfect world i probably would have seen him going to either the mavs or the celtics i think those two are the places where I could see him making the biggest impact, especially with, I mean, guys like Dwight Powell aren't particularly, you know, bad, bad centers, but I think he could do a much better job in that position as well as uh, for the Celtics taking over from Daniel Tice, who I'm going to say like is is having a a solid year, but he's definitely nowhere at the the level of, you know, glass cleaning ability that uh, Drummond is at. 
Yeah, I agree. Here's the other option, I guess. The other option is that he, similar to what happened with Blake Griffin in the Pistons, is he forfeits some of his salary to become unrestricted. I think that's how they managed to get rid of Griffin's contract because that was like twenty eight or twenty nine million dollars that they got him out of. On on oh, that right. on that discussion too, four hundred and sixty four right? days it was between dunks for Blake Griffin. So he uh, got his first dunk this week. Yeah, so, he dunked uh, today. Yeah, yeah, it was first not, one. It certainly wasn't like uh, L.A. Clippers worthy, you know, sort of stuff. But it was he put the ball in the hoop. That's as much as I can tell. <laughs> mm, yeah. But uh, yeah, any yeah, sure any other is. trades that you guys have been sort of seeing or, or thinking about? Um, nothing really that immediately comes to mind. Like, um, I've I've have heard or, or read on on various forums that uh, old Kelly Oubre at the at the the Warriors is is potentially trying to get shopped, uh, and then just to, like a lot of ancillary pieces, like Raptors might be trading old Norm Powell, who's uh Having having some crazy form at the moment, trying to maybe sell a bit high on him because he's a uh, free agent at the end of this season too. Um, but outside of that, I think mm. we'll, we'll see a lot of smallish trades. You know, a lot of small ancillary pieces getting moved around. But I don't know how many of the big blockbusters we're going to see. I hope we yeah. see a few though. I love I love big yeah. trades. It's always a lot of fun. I think that's the, for sure. the two the two teams that I want to mention are kind of the are two teams that I think probably feel like they need to do something to really have a chance. It's um, the Nuggets. I feel like they're a team that's played really well this season, but they're just kind of missing a piece to, to go deep into the, the playoffs. And uh, they have a lot of, of, of guys on that roster. And sometimes they have maybe too many guys at one position. Um, so I feel like they could potentially be amongst it or, or at least looking for buyout candidates if they're mm. not making a trade <laughs> at the deadline. And then the Celtics are in the same position where for whatever reason, it's just not working this year. Guys aren't clicking. Kemba's you know, lost his sh- shooting form or people aren't clicking at the same time as each other. And they're just on the periphery of the contenders and when they really should be a contender in the East, definitely. And they've got this huge trade exception from the Gordon Hayward deal at the start of the or at the off season this year, uh, well last year. So I think you know, as they always are, a contender for a big trade around the deadline. It never really happens with the Celts. It's always the rumor that they'll do talk. something. All show and no go <laughs> with those uh, Beantown boys. Yeah, for sure. But I think with that with that trade exception, that's like a bit of extra motivation to do something finally. Like, <laughs> and, and and just knowing that, like, look who you're up against. You're up against the Sixers. You're up against the Bucks, and you're up against the Nets now. Like, you're not you're not taking them. You're not taking all three of them out of the playoffs without doing yeah, something. Yeah, they need a rim so. defender to to combat those teams and. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe the Hawks trade trade old uh, John Collins too. He's starting to ball out, and he's a uh, restricted free agent at the end of this year. So um, maybe they make some yeah. noise too. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And if uh, you're listening to this after the trade deadline is closed, please let us know how well or badly we uh, tried to predict <laughs> any of these trades using the hashtag Hoop Dreams. Um, we'd love to continue our excellent trend of letting things fall by the wayside um, as we move on to our 
final segment of the night. And be careful where you point that thing. You blow your own face off. Bang, bang, baby. Bang, bang, baby. So yes, this is uh, the, the final segment of Hoop Dreams. This is Shoot from the Hip, where I uh, throw some questions at my fellow co-host here. There has been no prior preparation done. They have no idea what I'm going to be throwing at them, hence why we call this... Shout out to the Brothers Osborne for that absolute fucking banger. <laughs> so the first question for you, gentlemen. Shows John Peck, you're going first this time. That's the disadvantage. But you did the this last week. <laughs> I do have, to, uh, do have to pivot a little bit because funnily enough, one of the questions I had lined up got spoken about organically through some of the, some of the basketball bits earlier. So okay. I had to sort of pivot on the fly. We're going to start with just a just a nice easy one. And uh, JP, what is the best basketball movie of all time? He got game. He got game. Okay. Oh, can I change my answer? Damn it. You you can. Like <laughs> I don't think there's the any hip. right or wrong answers. You can you can justify it however you like. But yeah, I just because it shoots from the hip. I'm like, can I change it? The, the best movie is White Man Can't Jump. Damn it! That was my oh not damn it. Thanks for agreeing with me. That is uh, also my answer. <laughs> Maddie Tilby, what is your favorite or, in your opinion, best basketball movie of all time? Is I it Basketball Diaries? I was going to say, the difference between favorite and best is uh, an interesting one because I was going to uh, roll you both up and say Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm actually going to say uh, Coach Carter. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. I would have also accepted a bit of blue chips, a bit of Shaq and Nick Nolte. I would have uh, not not been too upset if that got a bit of a mention as well. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're all uh, all pretty pretty on on the level. I wouldn't diss any except of those Space responses Jam. except Space Jam. That was an absolute <laughs> turd burglar of a movie. But uh, listen to our uh, comedy rewind of uh, Space Jam if you want our full thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Woof. Woof, woof. Okay, next question. Which team has the worst future in the NBA and why? So we're talking short-term, medium-term, long-term, however you want to interpret that. Which team do you think currently out of the uh, very varied assortment of East and Western-based teams is currently in the worst state moving forward? I think it is Timberwolves because they haven't hit rock bottom yet. They've been pretty bad. And they're going to hit rock bottom when Carl Anthony Towns demands a trade, and then they're just stuck with his friend that, yeah. they, that they brought in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that I probably like. That's sort of the where where I'm leaning to because um, they don't even have their first round pick this. Like if it falls, uh, like it's top three protected, but if they finish fourth last or something this year, uh, that pick is going to the Golden State Warriors. So. It's in their best Damn. interest to cross their fingers and toes for that pick to you know, fall one through three. But then also, if it falls one through three, it rolls to next year where it's completely unprotected. And I think the Wolves are going to be shitty again next year. So either way, the Warriors are just <laughs> licking their lips. Yeah. Imagine if the Warriors with, you know, obviously with Curry, Tremont and, uh, and... Thompson. And Thompson also have Wiseman, this gun of a lottery pick and the number four draft pick in the next draft like ridiculous it's just like another dynasty just about and that's because of d'angelo russell yeah 
the gift that keeps on giving. So, uh, Tilby, what about you? Which team do you think is sort of worst positioned in the league at the moment? I think it's the Pistons. I think uh, given that their best players had all been traded over the last couple of years and, you know, even despite the best efforts of, of guys who have sort of jumped up and, I guess, to use the term, grabbed that brass ring, guys like uh, Jeremy Grant. But, yeah, they've got nothing. Like, they're bringing up schlubs from the local bar leagues to play for their games almost it feels like like it's you it's, can get a game Tilby. yeah exactly my <laughs> You're uh, tall. well i'd be i'd be good enough for a point guard position that's <laughs> yeah. about it but um yeah i just i just think like if they really are just counting all of their chickens for for the draft and hopefully they can hatch for their sake but yeah they're not in good shape yeah i think that's valid i'm i'm in the Timberwolves camp, but I'm also just just for the sake of adding a little, excuse me, a little bit of a sizzle, little spice, <laughs> a little spice, make it a little bit more uh, controversial. I'm going to say the Clippers as well because <laughs> you know I, I don't think they're going to win it this year. Uh, at the end of this year, we've got the Kawhi player option, so depending on how badly they might bomb in the finals, he could go. You know what? See you later, LA. I'm going somewhere else, and they're stuck with that big old Paul George contract and a whole lot of not much else and no picks for the next 7,000 eons. So, you know, I think a lot a lot rests on that team because there's a lot of pressure on them to perform and, and do something after after a woeful collapse last year. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just going to throw that out there. I think there's I think there's a bit of a uh, bit of sizzle there. Yeah, I know I know they'll a- be performing better than a team like the Timberwolves or the Rockets or whoever, but I think they're uh you know they're they're on the edge. They're they're on, they're sort of tilting a little bit. So uh, yeah. All right. Okay. My next question for you guys in uh, shoot from the hip. I would like to know which is the only team at the moment with two players in the top ten that uh, like in the top ten as far as a three point shooting percentage goes. Which team is the only one currently in the top ten that has? Two players currently in the top 10 for three-point shooting percentage this season. Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, I'm going to go with the Jazz just because I know they have three guys in like the top 20 of three-pointers made, and that doesn't include Joe Ingles. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that one of those three guys between uh, Bogdanovich, Mitchell, and... Uh, can't remember the other one, but anyway, Conley. maybe Conley. No, I don't think Conley's in the anyway. Wh- whoever it is, like maybe <laughs> maybe it was Ingles. I can't remember, but I'm just hoping that two of those guys are high. Well, JP, here's your response. The price is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tilby, where are you going? Which team currently has two players in the top ten for three point shooting percentage this season? Well, th- thank you for saying that uh, that yeah. previous answer was wrong because I was about to do the exact same <laughs> and go with it go with this the jazz managed, yeah. but uh yeah shit I'm going to just go out on a limb um and say the blazers the blazers hmm hmm you can't handle the truth that is incorrect it is actually the Milwaukee Bucks and for a bonus point before I tell you who the players are in this top 10 with the Milwaukee Bucks, who is currently leading three-point shooting percentage from the center or power forward position? 
Oh, um, uh, Brooke Lopez. You suck. <laughs> do you just mean? Do you just mean for the Bucks or in general? You can interpret that however you like. Oh come on! <laughs> Give us that beforehand. <laughs> I'm assuming till we thought you meant for the Bucks, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, far out. Um, Got three seconds from the center position. Far out. Um, Matt Bonner. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even in the league. Yeah, it's who's going to actually <laughs> Bobby Portis, who is uh, currently shooting forty six point seven percent from three, uh, <laughs> making forty three of ninety two attempts this year. And then uh, yeah, the other guy that makes the Milwaukee Bucks the correct team with two players in the top ten is Bryn Forbes, who's uh, dropped eighty six of one ninety for forty five point three percent. Not bad. Not bad. But, okay. There you go, Matt Bonner. <laughs> I did originally have, um, yeah, I wanted to know who you knew the, the, the highest percentage shooter was for this season, but you mentioned Tony Snell dropping that uh, 56.6%. Ah, okay. <laughs> no one would have got that. Yeah. No, no yep. Um, so, yeah, I've got one more. One more shoot from the hip here. Are the Lakers doomed for this season? Do you think... <laughs> oh. No. Do you think they're repeating? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I think that they're probably the favourite to win the championship. We haven't seen Davis in quite some time. No, that's not true, but I think that he'll LeBron be back in, in time. time. You can't rule out LeBron. That's one of the rules of NBA basketball. You just can't rule him out. Yeah, that's you, you've you've seen the uh, the meme of him. You know the the Miami stare. I feel like you could just copy and paste. You know a, a Lakers jersey onto him and say that that's his current. Uh, state of things you saw the tweet after he got injured like i'm gonna do everything in my power to to get back and he was so pissed and play basketball like yeah he was angry (laughs) he was angry at biology he was like (laughs) hitting chairs it's like how's this happen this isn't meant to happen to me i can't believe my ankle rolled in an unnatural fashion what the hell but no yeah i I definitely (laughs) think that they're not doomed in any any way shape or form i think They'll still be there or thereabouts. I don't think they're going to, you know, miss the playoffs or anything. But yeah, it'll just remain to be seen. I think the further they go will be sort of dependent on how soon Davis can come back, if he does come back at all this season. But mm. yeah, they're definitely not in any too major, you know, issue there. Could be interesting though, too, because both LA teams could be versing each other first round potentially Ooh. in the playoffs. Because be I'm assuming the Lakers are going to drop a few more games and the Nuggies or maybe the the Blazers could start creeping their way up as well. So, uh, yeah, imagine that. LA. Popcorn Battle of Los Angeles. I'd love yeah. it. Yeah. But that is the end of... From the head, ask questions later. Oh, boy. Anyway, that has been <laughs> another episode of Hoop Dreams. And we thank you for coming along for the ride for this uh, episode and uh, if you've got any comments queries questions concerns or complaints you can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams and you can always follow what we're doing at 8bit with the uh, the handle at we are 8bit uh, Jono you've got something very special happening for the next episode of putting in work 
I do, yeah. I've got uh, Jason Doyle, a.k.a. JD, from No Dunks podcast. Uh, you might know them as the starters or the Basketball Jones in the past, but I've got him coming on, putting in work to talk about being the director of that crew and how they've built one of the biggest basketball podcasts in the world over the past 15 years. That's how long they've been podcasting. So, God. yeah, if you want to get schooled in uh, NBA podcasting from someone who doesn't even like the NBA... Listen to Putting In Work this week, and you'll find out all about it from JD. Bingo! I'll have to uh, write up some notes and, and have a keen <laughs> listen to that one. Make myself yeah, look a bit better. It's a better. good one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a long episode, but it's a good one. Um, definitely amazing story for those guys and how they've built their career in um, and carved space out in the NBA world as, uh, I guess, a bunch of... Like, you know, one of the only groups of, like, successful broadcasting group that hasn't got any former players or any, like, you know, journalists or anything like that. They're just dudes who love basketball and worked really hard. But uh, on top of that, I wanted to shout out uh, our Comedy Rewind episode with you, Matt, and yes. uh, our friend Logan Wilkinson, friend of, of Hoop Dreams, talking about Zoolander. So uh, head over there to to hear all about our thoughts on how that classic holds up after 20 years. A comedy classic, in my personal opinion. Spoiler mm. alert, but <laughs> probably just gave yeah. it away anyway. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, exactly. But uh, if you want to follow what uh, we're all doing, you can follow me with uh, at It's Tilby on all social media platforms. Brendan, where can people follow you? Yeah, follow me everywhere at Brendan8Bits and uh, yeah, be sure to chuck all that 8-bit oriented content from 8bit.net into your ear holes and eyeballs uh, whenever you get the time because that would be much appreciated. And Jono? Yeah, you can catch me at Jono himself. And uh, just a quick uh, information soundbite to let you know that uh, you, if you want some very special 8-bit content, you can always go to Kofi. You can go to K-O-H-I-F-I. Oh, I've, yeah. I've got to learn to spell, don't I? <laughs> K-O-F-I.com forward slash we are 8-bit. You can sign up for as little as a couple of bucks and uh, get yourself some excellent 8-bit content from all of our wonderful team. But uh, from me, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming. I lost the ability to spell there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it happens. I always say Kofi or Kof, yeah, because I always listen to like lo-fi hip hop and stuff. So it's yeah, resetting my my thoughts. Trendy, Brendan. Trendy. <laughs>